Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi there. My name is Jane. My name is Kurt. And this is Made You Look, a podcast where we make each other watch episodes of our favourite TV shows and then try and work out why we like the things that we like. Mm -hmm. And this is season seven? Yeah, let's go with that. Seven, I think. (laughs) Sounds about right. Yeah. Um, And uh, we are basically just doing a normal kind of Made You Look, forcing a TV show that we've seen recently onto the other person, but generally not the pilot episode because of too much exposition, generally weighing that first time experience down to try and show you why I really like this. Yeah, as we all know, pilots are not always the best indication of what a show will be like. Although I will say in this case, I was very close to giving you the pilot actually. Yeah. Because uh, I really appreciate how for such a short episode... I feel like I almost should have given you three, actually. I did. When I finished the first one, I was like, whoa. Oh, yeah. I was I, brief. I, was, I, I didn't actually think about the fact that it was, like, not a standard TV half hour because yeah. it's, like, 12 to 15 minutes long. Yeah. Um, and that I probably should have given you three to equate for a general amount. Yeah. I was, yeah, you definitely could have given me three, but that's okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I didn't mind. <laughs> uh, but, no, they actually did a really good job in the first episode, and you didn't actually find out till the final scene the details about the central character. Uh, and the relationship he had with uh, the the two lead characters that you see in this um, TV series. Okay. Uh, and it was done through a very just fun and dynamic way that didn't feel forced at all. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, I actually really appreciate this show. I'll talk a l- Oh, I haven't even talked about what the show is. Yeah. Uh, Kat, what did you make me watch this week? <laughs> this week I made you watch Bonding. But yeah, no, I really like this show. I saw it all, well, I saw like the first episode or two and then I saw like all the episodes in a day because it's actually a very short show. Yeah, it, it would not take long to get through. Yeah, I was, but, I mean, I was very grateful. I was like, I work this, my, like, my job this week is so easy. Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's only seven episodes. It's a show on Netflix uh, that was uh, produced uh, this year and they are, yeah, ranging from 13 to 17 minutes per episode. So they generally don't go for a TV half hour to like the full 22, um, which I've seen a couple of these shows pop up on Netflix. Another one of these is uh, Special, mm-hmm. uh, the person with cerebral palsy who doesn't have enough confidence to go on Grindr yeah, right. um, and uh, fakes an accident to try and like 
explain to people that that's why he walks the way he walks and is in the cerebral palsy closet, I suppose, when he goes out into the workforce. Hmm. Anyway, um, but that show is also it's seemingly like a web series produced kind of show that Netflix is funding where it'd be much cheaper, obviously, because they're not producing full 42 or even full half an hour, TV half hour, that is, uh, shows. And so I'm liking seeing a few of these pop up on Netflix where things are much shorter when they're just producing some other little, little niche stuff. Yeah, in general, I like the idea that um, since we've since online platforms don't have mm. the constraints of network television in terms of you know the timings that they need to work with and that kind of thing, and breaks, sort of stuff, yeah. um, it makes a lot of sense that eventually we'd see the shift away from the standard TV hour, TV half hour. Yeah, as, we're not as, even know, watching them on TVs these days. Exactly, you know they don't need to be a twenty-four to and a forty-eight minute episode. Episode, yeah, if they're not constrained by ad breaks and things. And I, one of the things I really respected about this is that while the episodes were short, they didn't feel like they were short to me. They feel like they hit the episodic beats that they needed to in an episode. So, and without as much waffle that you might get sometimes in a full hour length episode of a TV hour show. I'm not going to stop saying TV hour show. I feel like I've said it about 14 times in the past two minutes. That's okay. Um, well, we probably could talk a bit more about the structure as we go along, but do you want to tell us a bit about the show first? Yes. So there isn't actually a lot about it um, in terms of uh, when it was actually produced, um, but the uh, creator is actually uh, known uh, as an actor predominantly. His uh, previous credits aren't actually in writing, and it is actually based on his life. Uh, he's actually um, a character who. Uh, not a character. A character, a the, person. He's a, a real person, life person that uh, he based the lead character off his own life. Uh, in terms of uh, his longtime high school friend was a dominatrix, and he was her bodyguard when he was uh, trying to get an acting job in uh, New York. Right. Yeah, and I could only mostly find like acting credits of his in terms of I hadn't really seen anything else in terms of writing or production credits uh, that I've seen much of. But of course, you know, many people in the television industry uh, or, you know, the film industry tend to jump across a few different fields and have been trained in different fields before they end up getting work in those particular areas. But I uh, really thought I knew where... um, Brendan Scannell was from, uh, the uh, lead male, and then you've got Zoe Levin, but I couldn't even figure out what I know either of them from, but they were both in a David Schwimmer movie in 2010 (laughs) called Trust. Um, Sure. But I was like, yeah, okay, maybe they've had good chemistry before. I was just surprised when I was looking at their credits that it was both of them. It was kind of like the first major thing that they were in. Um, But, yeah. Have they done anything else? They've done other some stuff. You probably know her. the girl, yeah. Um... I can't really see much on here. Uh, I mean, there's Red Band Society. Ooh, but I know that one. What's Red Band Society? Uh, you know, Red, that, that one? Yeah, what is Red Band? Red Band Society is uh, a, a show about teenagers uh, in a hospital mm-hmm. who kind of um, form their little – they've all got kind of different things wrong with them, but they're all kind of long-term residents of this hospital, and they form these bonds and kind of struggle a little bit with, you know, things. Some of them may be dying, some of them may be – um, like one of them has an eating disorder, mm-hmm. one of them has um, cystic fibrosis, that kind of thing. So uh, it was a TV show that I liked um, but had some really major problems. It went on for like three years. No, it went on for one year. Oh, really? It was only one season. Oh, I must have read that wrong. Yeah, it was only one season. 
I thought I saw 2013 to 2016. I was wrong. No, it, it got cancelled. Jane was right. There we go. Um, point yeah, the I had I, I enjoyed it in theory, but the the depiction of eating disorder was really problematic. Right, right, right. I accidentally got to a Tumblr fight about it with somebody back when I was a more avid poster on Tumblr. Yeah, you're not um, as active these days. I'm not as active. You? I'm a lurker. Uh, so, but yeah, I, I got into a Tumblr fight with somebody about it. I just realised uh, I know him from the uh, recent adaptation of Heather's. Yeah, uh, right. where he plays a genderqueer individual. Huh. Yeah. Who is one of the headers? Movie, movie, TV of- series on Stan. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, I think it was last year, actually. Yeah, right. Yeah, 2018. I forgot that that was going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Did oh, you like it's it? fine. I watched the original before I watched it, and then I was like, I get why the ri- original is like a cult classic. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed parts of the new one. It kind of did the first plot line and then someone wasn't dead and so it just kept going. Yeah, right. Um, it was interesting. It was interesting, uh, different ways of tackling it with new lenses like media and, you know, social life and that sort of thing. Uh, so, yeah, it was, it was, it was good. Okay. It was fine. Fair enough. Uh, back to it. So that's the kind of production history. Yes. Uh, do you want to give the... The show, show context, and the episode context, context yeah. maybe? Yeah, so um, the show context is basically the first episode. Uh, but Pete is struggling to make ends meet in New York, failing at tr- even trying to get on stage to pursue comedy. And all of a sudden, Tiff walks back into his life, his best friend from high school, with whom he hasn't spoken with since prom. She needed him for a job and purposely didn't tell him what he was walking into, <laughs> and it was a sex room to be her assistant and to be her assistant in her career as a dominatrix, to fund her psychology grad school. Since Pete's parents have stopped supporting his dream and his part-time job isn't enough, Pete is left on the sidewalk after confronting yet oddly successful session with one of Tiff's clients, and uh, for reference, her name is Mistress May when she is a dominatrix, um, at whether or not he should agree to work with her. Uh, there's also this character, Doug, who is kind of a jockish, douchey-looking guy in Tiff's class. Great. Yeah. Uh, and then the you've gave, basically said that the episode context wasn't to be read until after the first episode you gave me. So should yes. I give my first episode recap and then you do the, the context for the next episode? Yes. Okay, great. Because these episodes are so short, I didn't really, and they're quite episodic. Yeah. Um, I didn't really have much that you needed to know because the, you didn't need to know anything, obviously, walking into the pilot. And then I just summed the pilot up, which is kind of your episode context, because I gave Jane episodes two and four. Uh-huh. And not episode three. That's right. <laughs> Specifically, not three. I didn't want her to continue through because I wasn't sure if she'd have the same experience as watching both at five. Fair enough. So I'll there I will now do our recap for season one, episode two, Pete Shy. Pete freaks out and bails out of a s- Oh hang on, it's not Pete Shy. It is Pete Shy. Is it Pete Shy? Yes. It's oh I really thought it was Pete Shy. No, I It actually does say Pete Shy. It, uh, on on Netflix it Great. does. Yeah. I did not notice that. No, I know you didn't. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Pete freaks out and bails out of a small scale stand up gig. Tiff distracts him by breaking down his barriers on what he masturbates to, so which he reluctantly admits that he likes feet. A customer flirts with Pete at the cafe, and when they meet up at the urinal, they discuss tactics to overcome pee shyness, including the singing of Happy Birthday. The guy leaves his number on the bill, and Pete later de- debates whether or not to call him. 
Tiff is in her psychology class and the professor is a grade eight egotistical dickbag who can't deal with being challenged and who praises anyone who strokes his enormous ego. After class, he boops Tiff on the nose and tells her to maintain professional boundaries. Oh, yeah, that was icky. He's definitely overstepping his own boundaries. Tiff teaches Pete about ropes and about how her kind of dumb work is about releasing people from their shame and hopefully removing the toxic patriarchal bullshit holding back our society. I appreciate her optimism. (laughs) Pete interrupts Tiff's consultancy with Darcy Carden. Uh, whose character's name is Daphne, uh, and she wants to hire him for her husband. Mm-hmm. Sorry, hire her, Mistress May, for her husband. Yes. They go into a session with Fred, their client who they, who they worked with last time, where Pete is supposed to pee on him. At first he is too pee-shy to do it, but then he sings Happy Birthday to overcome his shyness, and they all sing along triumphantly as he pees all over Fred's face. Yeah. That's it. That's I mean, the episode. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now, the context that you provided me, that basically what happened during episode four, which you didn't give me. Yeah, so now uh, fully on board with being a dominatrix assistant, uh, Pete and Tiff had an awkward encounter with an old friend, I'm saying with inverted commas, uh, from high school who essentially didn't have any real friends to drink with in a current day and had to pretend to be better friends with these two also in inverted commas, losers from school. Uh, This sparked a uh, cute uh, conversation between the two characters, causing Tiff and Pete to kind of clear the air between them. Uh, If they were losers in school and by putting on some rubber sex masks, they start to look at their own insecurities a little bit. Also, Doug, uh, the um, jockish guy from class, uh, is put forth a very raw and caring presentation as to what his motivations are behind studying to be a psychologist. The presentation that all the kids have to do in class and in that episode he uh tiff actually said i'm sick <clears throat> yeah right um yeah you probably didn't need to give me that context like none of that stuff is relevant to episode four you didn't think so absolutely not okay <laughs> i kept waiting for something about any of this to come up and they didn't okay so uh season one episode four let's get physical Pete and Tiff show up at Daphne's house and we learn that Daphne's husband is into tickling. Tiff takes him upstairs for the tickle sesh and Pete and Daphne talk. Daphne reveals how upset this has all made her and Pete, sensing that she needs to release some tension, offers to let her hit him. She takes him up on it and his already existing shiner becomes even more pronounced. Tiff goes to her class at uni, but before class she sees the professor alone in the classroom with her fellow student Kate, acting super predatory and gross. She interrupts and sends Kate away, then slams the professor's head down on the table to remind him of his boundaries. Then she leaves upset, but Doug catches her outside and asks if they could be friends, even though he's a, he's a little scared of her. Pete is excited for his coffee date with Josh, the, the guy who we saw in the last episode that I talked about. But it turns out that Josh has invited him to a Chippendale-style gay bar and Pete is annoyed. He wanted to talk and get coffee and do normal things. Josh agrees to go and get coffee and in between rating the potential dicks of passers-by, he tells Josh about his new job. That's also pretty much it. Yep. That was my one of my reading underneath that. I hope you didn't see. <laughs> that's right. Um, the, yeah, that's it. That's the whole – they're the two uh, – episodes Mm -hmm. shall i play you my commentary reaction oh yes let's see what you thought while you were watching the episode 
the original comedy guy sounds like a dick. Yeah, if you can't even go up on stage in a really basic open mic night, then yeah, you should probably go home and be an accountant. Eat? Okay. I do not find that particularly endearing. Heart come, soldiers. Ugh. My brain doesn't even like saying those words. No, nobody likes Freud. Absolutely not. Is that subconscious? Not subconscious. I'm learning a lot more about gay sex than I ever thought I needed to know. Uh, I guess it's educational. Ew. Well, he can go fuck himself. Professors, uh, uh, you know, go overgoing their boundaries. Disgusting. Do men look at each other's dicks in the urinal? I thought that was like a no-no. Who's the guy? In the background? Oh, he's a client. Okay. He looks like a redheaded Elijah Wood. It's Janet! Now I know why you made me watch this. You love Darcy Carden. That seems vaguely non consensual. Like, shouldn't you tell the assistant what he's gonna do so that he can, like, consent to performing a sex act? Hmm. This seems kind of sketchy to me. Not judging, just figuring out the consensual politics around this. Ooh, they're singing happy birthday, which you can now do because they discovered that the copyright on it is actually invalid and always has been, so all those times that they sang He's a Jolly Good Fellow are actually completely unnecessary because of, like, it's been in the public uh, rights since it was first published. There's a whole history. I'll talk about it on the pod. That was very short. Okay, I guess we're in the next episode now? I mean, episode four. I'm skipping one of them. Darcy Garden. Are you just giving me the Darcy Garden episodes? Shoes off houses are weird. Like, just clean your floors. He's so excited. It's really sweet. Honey, you should take your clothes off for a massage. It doesn't seem like it would be effective. Oh, honey, we all get disappointed by life. Nothing is what we expected to be when we were little girls. But I get why that might be a bit weird. Okay, so I hate being tickled, and this is making me, like, super uncomfortable. Like, I actively hate being tickled. Am I blind? I cannot see this, this shiner. Where is it? It needs to be a bigger black eye. I mean, that makes him a submissive, right? If he's letting um, someone else hit him? So, technically, she's, he's still letting her be the dumb? Don't be such a Republican is a great insult. Well, at least they're in love. Or, uh, you know, enjoy making out. <laughs> Raiding boys together. That seems like a positive pastime. Oh, apologies. Raiding dicks, not raiding guys. This professor is disgusting and officially needs to be like... Sacked. Oh, gross. <gasps> Don't corrupt the teens. He seems like a big lovable doof. I like a big lovable doof. He's not cute, though. Like, I find him not attractive at all. I mean, so I, I kind of thought he was okay at first, but now I'm looking at his face and I'm like, no, you don't do anything for me. 
So yeah, they were my thoughts as we were going. I didn't realise you had such a problem with tickling. Oh, I'm very, very opposed to tickling. I mean, I guess you wouldn't really know our off-screen dynamic, but we don't actively tickle each other. We're not the cute kind of budsy, very close friends who like have sleepovers and stuff like that. No. We, we don't tickle each other. Or... Also, tickling anybody as an adult is weird, unless it's a sexual thing. I suppose, yeah. I mean, like, obviously you weren't kink-shaming. You were just, like, feeling this is actively making me yeah. feel uncomfortable. I'm like, I don't, like, you guys do you, but, like, it makes me really uncomfortable to watch somebody else being tickled because I hate being tickled. I mean, like, different uh, ballpark, but exact same reaction. Um, if I see someone accurately having anxiety attack and that being portrayed really well on film yeah. because I hate having them, uh, I physically get repulsed and yeah. actively start, like, feeling antagonised. Yeah, And right. sometimes we'll stop watching or leave the room. Yeah, right. Um, but it doesn't trigger your anxiety. No, it, but it makes me feel actively tight and uncomfortable and yeah, kind right. of ringed out. I mean... You, there's always those kind of visceral reactions you have to things, like how I get pretty upset when people start drowning. Like, mm, if there's a, mm, mm, I mean, mm. any kind of underwater scene makes yeah. me really uncomfortable. You're but not good with the waters. I'm not good with the waters. And, and even if they're not drowning, but if they're just, like, really deep underwater or they're, like, trapped under ice or anything, I'm like, nope. Or <laughs> no. I guess how some uh-uh. people would feel for, you know, general surgical sequences or insane yeah. gore. Like, we don't get that as much. Yeah, I mean, I don't love gore. As you know. But you're not, like, repulsed. I'm not. It just feels unnecessary sometimes to you. Yeah. I mean, I was pretty repulsed by that torture sequence. Which torture one? episode in that show. <laughs> the one that we did last week or the week before. Altered Carpet. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was, that was meant to be yeah. <laughs> that, though. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But, yeah, no, just, yeah. It just gave me like a. Oh, oh. Well, that was the worm inside the the thing. I mean, as the well. whole thing was just maybe <laughs> generally pretty uncomfortable. But 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 the, I think the tickling made me feel possibly more uncomfortable because it's something that like you have physical experience. I have with. physical experience. Yeah. With my 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 dad is a tickler. Oh no, <laughs> drives me crazy. Um, and so yeah, I just it, I don't even like to raise my arms above my head, like because in fear of them getting in tickled. fear of them getting tickled. Like even though you know as an adult it's incredibly unlikely. Do you I mean, actively not? Not so much in the presence of, like, regular people, but, like... Oh, around family members. Around family members. Yeah. I'm like, my arms are not going up at all. Because just, you're just, like, asking for, for you know, tickles. Anyway, on to someone who likes getting tickled. Um, <laughs> what did you think of the episodes? Look, I thought they were fine. Um, it's, it's very... In general, this show is a little bit confronting to me because I'm a massive prude and Oh, and it's generally regarding what's considered to be sexual um Yes, or... it, it's not generally regarded. <laughs> it, it includes lots of sexual It is very it is a very sexual scenes. show, yes. Yes, yes. Um so it's it's definitely a show that is like it tests the boundaries of things that I'm comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Not in terms of things that I'm like like repulsed with or don't agree with because, you know, I do feel like I, I understand, um, you know, uh, D. What's it called? Dominatrix, sex working. DSM. BDSM. BDSM. Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> understand I, BDSM. I just can't remember the initials. I just, I just had a complete mental blank. <laughs> I understand the the point and the um and the theory kind of behind BDSM. Oh yeah, and uh, letting from go a, and shame and yeah, from a kind of intellectual standpoint, it's mm-hmm. all um, makes sense to me. There's different things and regulated trauma, previous experiences, yeah. all that kind of stuff. The psychological factor behind it is interesting. It's really interesting. They and don't like tackle it 
head on. They well, just kind of gloss over it a little bit. Well, they're kind of playing on dancing on the surface of it. Like you can tell that um, Tiff is definitely interested in that side of it, particularly because she mm. also was studying psychology. So, you know, when the professor talks about how um, – Role you know, play? role play yeah. is not a useful therapeutic tactic. She kind of steps in and says, like, well, it can be, and in my experience it is, but she's also trying to hide her um, dominatrix side so she's, you know, can't get too much into it. Mm-hmm. But I think um, so intellectually all of this stuff makes a lot of sense to me. I don't have a problem with it, but it's still very difficult because um, it's not something that I engage with and that I understand on an emotional level to kind of watch and, and go, like, yeah, I'm into this. Like, um, you don't have to be into BDSM no, but, to, but, but because the the scenes are not really relatable to you. Yeah, but and to and to be into the kind of story that they're telling, it's not necessarily something that um, is super up my alley. Um, I notice you use that phrase a lot more. I just always go to the standard boring cup of tea. I do like that you use up my alley. It's very Melbourneian. Is it? I don't know. I think I've been saying it my whole life. Oh, no, I'm just saying I like it. I haven't really heard it from anyone other than you, and we live in Melbourne. So. Really? Yeah, no. Maybe I mean, I've heard the term before, but I've heard cup of tea a lot more in my life. Yeah, right. Maybe it's, um, maybe it's one of those things that I picked up from my family. Um, Could that- just be a region thing. Who knows? Not Who important. Knows? Not, yeah. <laughs> um, well, yeah, it's not really – yeah, it's just kind of – I don't necessarily know the story that they're trying to tell mm-hmm. um, and in relation to these characters. Right. Um, and so I think that that's kind of why I wasn't intrigued to go forward. I guess because you're not really you're not really sure what the dynamic is between the two friends. Is that part of the reason behind it? I guess, like, in skipping one of those episodes, it focused on more explicit gay material that I didn't think you needed to know. Um, uh uh, in terms of his housemate wanting him to finger him just so he could, and like, because he always wanted to feel like what it was like up his butt. Sure. For free rent for a yeah. month. Uh, and, uh, you know, his girlfriend caught him and then punched him in the face, as he mentioned. He, the did, he did discuss that, yes. Yeah, I thought it'd be more interesting for you to find out in the episode than yeah. we actually tell you in the context. Yeah, um, fine. But it was... Um, uh, it had that very unique moment where they put on masks and talk to each other and you kind of see the dynamic between these two who clearly aren't really that close at the moment, but they're kind of pushing each other in different ways. But you didn't really see – there wasn't Pete, as much Pete emotional yeah, development between uh, Pete and Tiff in that's these That's okay. I mean, maybe, maybe that's why I don't feel that their relationship is the most interesting part of this show mm. um, because I haven't seen that background. But also that just didn't really seem – to be a big focus. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Or, or even to really, for me to watch it and go like, oh, I want to know more about their dynamic. There wasn't really anything in there that really struck me as interesting. Mm. Um, it just seemed like, you know, she wants him to, you know, reevaluate his boundaries plus help him, you know, financially. And he just kind of seems like he's a little bit submissive in general and wants and, and is happy to go along with it because somebody's telling him what to do and he probably likes it a little bit. It's actually not the dynamic that develops. Okay. He ends up getting a bit more dominative. Sure. Uh, like she generally is like, no, 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 as you saw in the stairway fight scene, you know, no, no, the stuff, that stuff is is my thing. You know, you shouldn't have got her to punch you in the face. You, you're just there yeah. in case of something else. But she already had got him to engage in a sex act previously with the peeing episode. Um, that was 
I guess like you've already maybe crossed the boundaries. I can make a bit more money and also kind of get on board this kind of factor. And he starts pushing the boundary a little bit further. I think the show's focus isn't actually on that relationship. It's how they act in each other's lives by having this relationship push them in other ways. Yeah. Like him pushing her to be something, uh, to be more open and her, him push, her pushing him to again be more open but in a different way. Yeah, I um, I have some questions about that whole punching thing. Oh, yeah. Okay. Which, as I mentioned in my reaction, I was a little bit confused because isn't the act of allowing somebody to punch you kind of acting as a submissive rather than acting as a... It depends a- in, in the form of the request. Sure. Um, so in that case, it was someone wanting to seize control yep. and using their own physical domination as a relief. Yep. Uh, it wasn't him wanting to get hit in a submissive manner. He was being submissive for her, yeah. but it wasn't necessarily uh, someone getting hit for their own pleasure. But isn't that the point, that he's being submissive to her, therefore he was not being Oh, the dumb. dumb. <laughs> no, I don't right? think. I don't think. Th- I don't think that's that's the point. I think the point was that he was still pushing the boundary of his role as her assistant, who was just kind of to help him out if she needed sure, it. Sure, sure. Because she is the one who knows how to handle these kinks and okay. and is the expert in that side of things where he shouldn't be interacting with her because he doesn't really know what he's doing. I agree that he he shouldn't have. Um... Yeah, been kind of doing that when he doesn't seem prepared or trained or practiced. Yeah. But I, I I just think it was just the way she said it. She's like, no, I'm the dom. And I was kind of like, well, he wasn't being a dom. Yeah, no. He so, was being a sub. So, yeah. like, shouldn't you guys, like, notice that this is a great partnership? <laughs> like, you guys could make this a new business model. Yeah. <laughs> You're getting a little too caught up on literally the title of dom and sub. But in, I believe, but my regard. understanding yeah, is that yeah, that's so quite that's, important to the community. Yeah, yeah, when, well, like, when you're dom and sub, like, isn't that... Yeah, you, you, you wouldn't you wouldn't float between the two generally. No, yeah. yes, your your role would be as a professional um, dominatrix. Yeah, yeah, I think that, I think that's just what it is. Professional submissive. I'm taking the things that I do know about the community, <laughs> which is that I know that those labels are very important and need to be used. Yeah, quite specifically, because if you say that you're the wrong thing, you can end up in a dangerous situation. Definitely. Um, um, and or, there's all sorts of codes and other methods and yeah. those kind of places, safe words. I actually went to an on-sex venue place accidentally. Great. Uh, we thought it was just a place to get drinks after a burlesque show. Uh, turns out they were setting up the the stage and the bed and the toys and like people were walking around in couple power dynamics where you could clearly see some sort of statuses between the two and on the uh uh piece of paper in front of you which was laminated um you got uh the safe word was grapes um and it had a set of rules in terms of eye contact how to engage when to say no and that sort of thing which is like okay maybe let's go yeah 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 right and then i mean my housemates were saying safe word grapes anytime we felt uncomfortable for the next few weeks great Good. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. mean, you know, use your safe words however you need. But um, uh, the uh, creator of the show uh, did actually receive a bit of criticism from some people in the BDSM community. Okay. Um, and uh, and the dominatrix world in terms of how uh, it was represented, he went on to defend his side of it because it was like, you know, I'm basing this off my own experiences as being an assistant to a dominatrix, and I did talk to other people in that world. It can be different in different areas. There's different ways of representing things, and different experiences happen all the time. Also, this is for dramatic effect. Um, but Do you I'm know just, what the what the criticism was? 
Uh, the the exact criticisms. I think it was like more glossing over trying to generalize the art of dominatrix. I think. Sure. Um, uh, there, there was probably some other closer specifics, uh, but I don't really know too much about them in terms of that yeah, actual fine. whole world. Um, but his main point back was basically, I'm just happy that this world is getting a bit more exposure and uh, mm-hmm. feeling less taboo. The fact that I can actually base a Netflix show about it. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Um. Yeah. I'm really struggling to find things to talk about, to be honest. They're mm-hmm. so short. Um, and, yeah. Well, what did you think about the uh, dating dynamic between Pete and uh, Josh, I think it was? Josh. Yeah. Um, I didn't think much of it. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. kind of a non-event. Yeah, I probably should have continued on with the next episode when they go on their second date. It was um, just kind of like, um, I guess it's interesting to to see that... Um, that when he was faced with kind of uh, a more sexual kind of content in his regular life, uh, how kind of reluctant Pete was to engage in that. Mm. Um, and I wasn't too sure. I still don't really know what was driving that. I don't think that they really got to the crux of it. Well, he wasn't in the dominatrix world a few episodes ago or, you know, like a week ago necessarily. Mm. He wasn't exposed to this kind of hypersexual activity and he he wasn't, you know, having a lot of sex or seeing a lot of people, as you can tell by just how hard it is for him to like try and yeah. talk to someone. Yeah. And uh, it's something that he, th- I think he wants, he's, his idea of normal is being challenged by both his relationship with Tiff and his relationship with Josh. Cause just being a part of the gay world is already quite the gay club scene, especially and certain types of um, like party behavior in the community is extremely sexual as yeah. well. And yeah. just because you're gay doesn't mean you're comfortable with that kind of extremely sexual energy. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I know a lot of people who don't enjoy the kind of lifestyle behind a big gay festival like Mardi Gras, where mm-hmm. it's just like a lot of yeah. shirtless men at pool parties and that mm-hmm. kind of whole thing, which isn't necessarily the best way to talk to someone and get to know someone. Uh, when there's just a doof, doof, doof in the background. Yeah. But also, you know, when you meet someone at a urinal, what's your next step? You know, I've been to situations where, you know, I've been with someone and then the next day it's like, should we get breakfast or do we go to another club? You know, the 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 sequencing of order in the gay community uh, especially is incredibly off. <laughs> off or just oh, it's fluid? It's fluid, I suppose. There's no sequence, really. Yeah. There's not really any order or structure to it. Yeah. It's just whatever happens, happens, really. Yeah. Which yeah. is good, which is kind of, you know freeing of those stupid constraints like you know third dates when you put out type not nonsense doesn't yeah or like how late or three days after texting or yeah the rules don't really matter anymore but it's also different people can feel comfortable in different ways of approaching it yeah, yeah. i think it, i think it kind of, in some ways it makes sense for there to be a metric to in which to follow these rules so that you don't feel so um lost and confused and like you know, I have to come up with the answers to this every single time. Like, there's a standard way to do things. Yeah. Um, which I so I understand why the um the kind of not rules, but you know, the ideas behind particularly straight dating are there. Um, but they're probably a bit silly, and we could all just stand to like let go of those a little bit. Oh yeah, doesn't make it any easier. No, <laughs> but makes it a not. bit funner sometimes. Yeah, and a bit also- less uptight and i also wonder if it kind of forces you to put a little bit more um responsibility on yourself to actually be reading a situation for what it actually is rather than going like well it doesn't matter if we had a really good time last night i've still got to wait three days like oh yeah you know it puts a bit more onus back on yourself Mm. um anyway 
I yeah, I don't know. I just uh, I guess I didn't understand why he got like quite so angry straight away. Oh, at at where the venue was. Yeah, it just kind of seemed like a bit of a like major overreaction when he seems like somebody who's quite kind of nervous and would just normally go along with things. Oh, yeah, Um, to actually have the confidence to be like, I'd rather you not be putting dollars down Go-Go Boy's pants. Yeah, so I kind of wondered whether or not, um, whether, I don't know, just kind of where the conflicts, inner conflicts were lying and where they were coming from that was kind of causing him to, like, like lose his temper and leave. I don't know. I guess there just wasn't a lot. To, there wasn't enough to it mm-hmm. for for the the emotional storyline to necessarily track. Right. Yeah. Because they haven't really got any connection yet. Yeah. Um, we, yeah which they were just starting. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And and I felt like I didn't necessarily know enough about Pete to know really where he was coming from. Mm-hmm. Like it all makes sense what you've said, and it even made sense in the episode. Like I get it. He wanted to go on a normal date. And this wasn't what he considered a normal date, except that kind of within the gay community, it is kind of a normal date. So yeah. it kind of seemed weird that he was so kind of shocked by it. And I'm like, but doesn't this happen all the time? And I understand you may not like that, but you'd think that it would be common enough for you to want to like point out like, hey, on our date, where are we going? Like, I'm not into certain things, so I'd rather just go out for coffee. Like, I just wonder about those kind of dynamics. Yeah. I do find it interesting uh, in television's in televisions, in TV shows, that you have these moments of, like, oh, I'll pick you up at eight. Or be like, okay, um, uh, my house or your house or where are we going? Do I need to wear a jacket? You know, all the kind of little details that I never mentioned and they always, like, show up at the event generally not knowing anything about what's going to happen. I'm not going on any date without knowing, like... All of the things. Surprise dates are very rare and very rarely a first date kind of thing. And like, very rarely good. I've actually had a couple good ones. Good surprise dates? Yeah. As in, like, you didn't know where you are going? Yeah. Yeah, well, one of them was actually seeing a show, which was Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead with um, Tim Minchin. Uh, the thing I wasn't as excited about was meeting his parents. Oh, boy. <laughs> <coughs> See, no, do not ever surprise. Oh, he surprised Meet the Parents? That is... He told me, like, an hour before. Absolutely not. That is such a dick move. Yeah. You've got to prepare for that Well, shit. it was also kind of spontaneous because his sister's husband, uh, his brother-in-law, was going to come, but he couldn't come. So he's like, we got an extra ticket. Why don't you bring Kurt? And I was like, okay. And they were having dinner beforehand. <laughs> yeah, I would have. I would have been okay with probably just like going straight to the, yeah, the theater just, and just, just being like, "Oh, hello, hey, handshake, bye, let's exactly. sit down," and then just the, the cordial talk after. So, what do you think? You know, the two sentences, and then that's it. We go yeah. home. Don't talk again. Uh, but yeah, yeah I'd already kind of known his dad a couple of times. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was different. I was. I felt like I shouldn't have had spaghetti bolognese because. I think I tried calling you in the cubicle this time and I had a jacket on and there was this whole thing and I couldn't get reception and I left you, like, three voicemail messages. I do remember this. Yeah. You fully freaked out about I, it. I had, like, a torn shirt on or something, something that wasn't – it was a nice place. It was a really nice Italian uh-huh. place and I didn't know this was happening and oh. so then I accidentally gave him, like, my clothes that I was going to change into for meeting his family and I just, like, kept 
my jacket on in a really hot restaurant. It's all flooding back to me now. I do remember you calling me from the bathroom going this is, like, this I don't is, know what to do. This is like the only uh, big like relationshipy uh, freak out thing that I've ever had in my life that's closest <laughs> to a TV episode of a plot of like someone freaking out in the bathroom, standing on a toilet bowl stall, trying to like get reception <laughs> um, to like call my friend because I'm freaking out, like talking to his my boyfriend's parents and his sister and anyway, yeah that yeah. was that was a fun memory <laughs> yeah i'm so glad you brought that back up because i never would have remembered that if not yeah anyway Brilliant. um what did you think about tiff just um, glad she's standing up for stuff yeah i think i think that i generally like her i think that she has a very optimistic view of what she's doing mm-hmm. in terms of that it's going to bring about world peace basically i'm like I mean, like, it's an extremely, like, unlikely to ever occur yeah, result, but it's like, it can only help. Yeah, I, I appreciate that she's kind of like, you know, she's, she seems to have a very idealistic view of what she's doing and why she's doing and what eventually she's going to, like, you know, what she believes in will contribute to a, a more productive group. society. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I appreciate that. It does seem very, very, um, like, naive to me. But she doesn't, she, seem, like she an, doesn't seem like a naive person. That's Yeah, that's exactly um, right. So that's kind of a little bit contradictory, but also I kind of get it. Like, you know, we're all just trying to do little bits um, to build a better world. I think it's probably an, another way of trying to maybe desexualize it a little bit because mm-hmm. um, it's not always about sex, you know. Not always. Yeah, yeah that's why I use the term not always. Yeah. It can very much often be a sexual thing, but it can also be, you know, just even a um, submissive thing, a yeah. shame thing because there are many people who enjoy being shamed and yeah. it's not even necessarily sometimes it is sexual, sometimes it is just some a way of life to them or a lifestyle choice. Yeah, I guess... Um... I guess the the one part where she really fell down for me, and this is I, I alluded to this in my reactions mm-hmm, as I was going, mm-hmm. which is the 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 consent politics. Oh yeah, to like not letting him know what he was about to be doing. Yeah, yeah, the way that she acts with Pete in terms of not telling him, and at one point she even says, you know, well if I told you, you wouldn't have come, and I'm sort of like, yeah, because he wouldn't, he, he didn't. I guess she's approaching it from the friend angle of, like, I know he doesn't want to do this, but I know he could, so... Yeah, but could and want are very different things. Yeah, and that's the kind of pressure that is I could have sex with you right now, but neither of us want to do that, you know? (laughs) Yeah, but there's no third party who wants that to be a result. Yeah, but if it were, that doesn't matter. Like, I still wouldn't want to do that with you, whether... I think if he said, no, I really don't want to do this, but but he said, I really don't want to do this, and she said, you're doing it. is, Is that enthusiastic? Enthusiastic consent, like yeah. oh yeah, I get what you know, saying. just because he didn't say no doesn't mean that he didn't want to do it. Like no. I don't know, I find I, f- and I think this can be a sketchy area with BDSM in general, mm-hmm. um, yeah. because you know there are certain elements about it which oh, you know yes. mimic non-consent. Definitely, but- definitely, that's definitely been something that I've always had a care or concern about because mm. you know the whole uh, dominating and submissive roles mm. that can be sketchy territory and why things like safe words such as grapes need to be a factor. Yeah. Um, you know. And I find it interesting that she talks a lot about, you know, this being – 
um, a safe environment, how she has a consultancy with Darcy before she arrives. Like then, every, everything seems to be very carefully considered in the way that I know a lot of um, BDSM stuff is. It's mm-hmm. very, very, planned very out. planned out and very, very um, designed so that everybody actually is safe in this environment. Um but when it comes to Pete, she doesn't seem to care about that. And I find that really, um, I just find that's really on the cusp of being a bit sketchy. Mm. Um, you know, I get that she wants to push his boundaries, but he still has to know what he's walking into. Oh, yeah, completely. I mean, like, this is the only case that I think that ever ha- actually happens. And they get much better, obviously, at talking to each other about what the other is more comfortable doing or what the other person's intended role is. Yeah. This is definitely still coming off the um, first episode where she's just, she doesn't introduce him in the first episode and say, okay, so now you're doing this. She actually has a conversation with him and a consultancy like fashion um, with him the first time they meet. But she also didn't tell him why he was meeting there because she was worried he wouldn't come in the first place. Yeah. uh, In the very first episode, which he might not necessarily have done. Yeah. Um, But then once he was there, um, it was a different kind of, Discussion, yeah, I suppose, but you know that that's definitely a, a fault of the episode um, to kind of have that come forward. But I think it's probably just trying to either speed or dramatize things. Yeah, I get that. I I know that sometimes you um, the, there's a phrase that they've started using in one of my chipperish media podcasts, which right. is Lani Dye and Rich. Um, I think it's in Still Pretty, which is that sometimes when you've just got to hand wave stuff away in the story, you kind of just say, like, do you want to hear the story or not? <laughs> like, don't stop getting caught up in the details. If you want to hear the story, you're going to have to accept that this is a thing. Yeah. Um, and so in this case, I can see this being one of those, like, do you want to hear the story or not? This is something that you just... Do we want to have a conversation about what's okay yeah. Between two friends who are trying to push each other's boundaries. And in a normal case, I would say, like, you know what, I can let that go because it leads to the story and I like the story. Mm-hmm. Um, but only because we are speaking so specifically about BDSM and, and so specifically about consent yeah. in all of these ways, I feel like it's something that can't be glossed or shouldn't be glossed over. So, yeah, I think that that was probably a bit of a mistake to make in that first episode mm. that kind of has ripples throughout um, because you can, like, you can see that there are elements in which Pete is not super keen to be doing this. Like he's doing it purely for the money. He doesn't really seem to be enjoying it. Like he gets moments of triumph out of it, like yeah. when he pees um, <laughs> and, and he kind of overcomes that shyness. Um, so he is getting something out of it, but every time he starts, he seems to be kind of a reluctant Always participant. Always a reluctant force. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of like, you know, it seems to me that I'm like, if you're this reluctant, like, should you be doing this? Should you be doing yeah. this? And and do you feel that you have been, you know, pushed into sex work by your circumstances? In which case, that's a very different approach to sex work as people who yes, who of are course, doing because it by that that is still very much a part of the conversation, which yeah. this series doesn't necessarily talk about as much. But I guess because. That wasn't the aim of this series, to talk no. about that kind of motivation or story or aspect of it. Exactly. It's it's a very – and it's a very, very tricky um, thing to talk about, and I understand why they would want to steer away from that. And uh, I think uh, just by it being a, a focus on a different gender, by the fact that it's a man, while he's a gay man, he is a man who is in a in the place of, oh, I'm, you know, struggling to make rent. Mm. Um, what am I going to do in this situation? Uh, should I just head back home to Georgia or 
this opportunity came on my doorstep. I'm not entirely comfortable with it, but I could kind of get into this work or it yeah. will help me, you know, he's, Pete is up against the wall. Yeah. It, you know, obviously the show does shift in a different direction um, or at least you see a journey in mm-hmm. Pete's journey and you're quite new to the journey, uh, but it is uh, definitely something that develops his character. But I do think that it would be very different if the show is introducing that as a female character, I guess with yeah. her being put up against, well, you know, we obviously want that to be kind of an equal, um, you know, acceptance or like uh, angle of looking at people. That still is definitely not the case. Like mm. even if, even something that I find constantly being uncomfortable with is, you know, whenever I look at someone across the street and I'm like, oh, that's a hot guy. Also, oh, should I not be thinking about that? I shouldn't be objectifying a random person on the street. Um, you know, into that boundary of, you know, their compromise of coffees and, you know, jogging shorts and seeing penis outlines mm. where it's like, you know, is this only okay because it's the gay guys doing it? It's also not really okay, but is it harmless? But also guys do it, but then that's misogynistic. It's just yeah. Like, yeah. It's, a, it's a tricky thing. And I don't think that necessarily the idea that um, that somebody goes into sex work because that's the work that is available for them at the time oh, is, yeah. is a bad thing. Mm. Um, I do actually know somebody who, who spent several months doing sex work because they were struggling to maintain a regular job. They were getting a lot of anxiety from that. Um, and, and doing sex work actually allowed them to, um, to overcome some of their past traumas actually. Mm-hmm. And also, um, uh, kind of allowed them to feel like they were having a choice in the work that they were doing. Cause it's the kind of thing where you would go on and, choose your clients. As yeah. You, to, you have a lot of control over that. Kind you of have situation. a lot of control over that kind of thing. Um, and so, you know, and, and the, the thing is she did it for a while. And when she started to feel uncomfortable with what she was doing, she stopped. Um, and so I think that, and, and that was her choice. And I think there's a, there's a few little sketchy little bits around that in terms of, you know, she was actually quite traumatized by a past sexual experience. Um, and so I was kind of like, well, are you, um, is this a healthy or an unhealthy manifestation of your healing process? And I remember thinking that at the time I was going like, I don't, I can't tell if this is actually very good for you in the way that you're telling me that this is good for you because you're having a choice over what happens to your body. Or if this is, um, a very like, um, dark manifestation of what's happening. Of whether confronting something is better than avoiding something. Exactly. Yeah. I was like, yeah, is this actually healing or is this just you kind of um, replaying your trauma over and over again in a self-destructive manner? Mm. Um, And so I think that it can be sketchy, but at the same time, I feel that, you know, in some ways, if you take the trauma aspect out of it, that's a very similar situation. Um, You know, you've got a job, the job's not doing what it needs to do for you. Yeah, he's not unemployed. He could still almost get by. Yeah, exactly. But not while he's trying to pursue his comedy goal. Yeah, he just needed something a little bit extra. And and similarly with the person that I knew, she was also kind of starting to work in the performing arts as well. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of... um, you know, this allowed her again to control her hours that she worked and work around um, her performing schedule, that kind of thing. So it, it in many ways worked for her in the same way that I think it's working for him, um, for Pete in this episode. Um, yeah, I think it's just, I think it's just on the cusp of me being slightly uncomfortable with it um, from, from that consent or from that kind of um, being put up against a wall type um you know, desperate desperation, almost situation mm-hmm. um, that it makes me just ever so slightly uncomfortable, but that's not, not enough for me to not enjoy the show. Like I still enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed the humor. Um, Darcy. I enjoyed that Darcy was there. 
Um, she's always fun in, on a show. I think the two leads have a lot of charisma. Like, I yeah, think they're they, really they fun. definitely have chemistry yeah. on screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and- <laughs> redheaded hobbit. Elijah Wood is what you said. But uh, yes. yes. He does he does look a lot like a red-headed Elijah Wood. He looks Wood. a lot like Elijah Wood. His yeah. face is very Elijah yeah. Wood. Yeah, the kind of shape of his eyes. Yeah. It's, it's the size of the eyes, that kind of Frodo deer in headlights look. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Often looks like a deer in headlights. Um yeah. So yeah. Um uh, yeah, I think it I think it's fun and funny. Um it's just yeah, it's just didn't quite grab me. Mm. I like it too. Oh, a, a key aspect that I guess convinces Pete this is actually something that he wants to pursue that happens at the very end of the first episode is he, by shaming the person that he pees on, um, like insulting him, he gets some really funny jokes out. Yeah, actually, I did. they kind of alluded to that in, yes. the, in this. He's like, you were so episode. funny, you were amazing, when's the next time, or that sort of thing. And um, it's this point of the fact that it's pushing him outside his comfort zone to the point where he's actually being able to do the thing that he wants to do. Mm. Um, because, you know, a, a large portion of comedy is pushing that boundary, yeah. walking up to that line and how far is too much or, you know, PC and all that kind of stuff these days. Or in, in Pete's sake, I don't think it's got anything to do with that. It seems to have more to do with I don't want to put myself out there. I don't want to... Um, be vulnerable mm. and so when he's in a position where he's not vulnerable he's in charge he feels more like he can be funny exactly which is exactly kind of like his direction yeah um that he goes on um which is why i was like mm, submissive maybe more only in that moment yes yes it was, and it is it is yeah. you're definitely right in terms of the roles that they played in that situation with those two different people it was a submissive role yeah um but yeah it was more of the act of, he wasn't being submissive for his own pleasure it was that fact that he was letting her be dominating yeah for her own satisfaction yeah yeah uh yeah so Semantics. Semantics. Um, but yeah, I do find yeah, I find it quite funny that he's actually even really considering a comedy career when he can't even get out on stage. Oh yeah, I'm yeah. Like, it's like, how, do you really want to do comedy if the fact that you couldn't even get on the stage is a problem? Yeah. Um, and also, we had that scene with the makeup in the bathroom, didn't we? Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. No, I just, I, I, he's a bit of a nothing character for you, is he? I think, is it Doug? Doug. Um, oh, he's sweet. Yeah. He's sweet. He's just, um, he just is not, he's not your standard, like, um, hot guy in the class. No, and that's what I like about him. He's a, the thing is that he makes me more, he's a more realistic looking jock for me. Yeah. He looks like, you know, your regular regional high school jock. Yeah. <laughs> um, who puts his foot in his mouth probably more often than he should. But he's uh, he's a very interesting character in terms of the fact that of of how, what he gets from her, and and it's it's really wonderful for me to see um, more men also being heterosexual being more open with their feelings uh, in TV shows, especially ones that talk about you know different kinds of issues sexually speaking, mm. um, whereas it can be you know a man wanting to be tickled or a, a man enjoying being peed on or a man, you know, just being like, Hey, do you want to go out on a date or hang out sometime? Just as friends. Did he wear, was he wearing that shirt? No, that was, that's the next episode. He wears a feminist shirt. It's just like, uh, I tried to. I don't remember there being a feminist shirt. Yeah. He definitely didn't call attention episode. to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I thought he was sweet. And I mean, and the, the general humor of him kind of going in and saying like, I need to move some product. <laughs> yes. At first I was like, is he a drug dealer at uni? I was like, oh no, he's talking about, he's talking about number twos. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so um, I thought it was very sweet just in general. Um, but And yeah. I guess like a 12 to 17 minute episode, 
uh, what I found interesting in it is that it still felt quite full. Um, but I guess what you're seeing is from your experience, without watching most of them concurrently, it didn't fully... It, people aren't as fleshed out as they are per episode. Yeah. It's a, th- more of a staggered release. I think that's exactly right. I think in general, um, it's kind of like these seven episodes will kind of show the the character arc you'd see in a movie. Yeah, I guess. Rather yeah. than rather than what you standard what a standard episodic kind of through line for a character might be. I thought the first episode was quite good with that because we saw Oh you did the P thing. Yeah, it's basically the P thing was its own little storyline. Yeah. I felt like that was really nicely wrapped up. Um again there's there's one plot point less than you would normally get in a standard TV show. Oh yeah, whether you have an A, B and a and a partial C. No, no, not so much A B C, but more like um, I feel like normally you would, in a normal TV show with a little bit more time or with a standard structure, you might have the um, him being nervous to pee in front of the guy at the urinal. There would be a point whereby he tried to do that again. Oh, there would his, be a, a, a complication. A complication, exactly, um, where he would try to do that in sex work and it wouldn't work. And then, and then he'd have a bit of a pep talk or he'd have a moment that would lead to him being more confident and able to do it at the mm-hmm. end. The breakthrough and resolution. Exactly. Yeah. As it is, they kind of condense that into one scene with mm-hmm. him being nervous at the beginning and then turning it around, Yeah, which I'm not against. Um, I'm not against those changes in structure. Oh, like yeah, I you said, don't need those three beats always. You don't, but um, it's hard for us as, a, as an audience to make that adjustment when it's what we've been used to for so long. Mm, so... Like- you're you're waiting for you're almost waiting for those beats that you've been kind of subconsciously taught. Exactly. What, what was it? Is it subconscious? Subconscious. Subconscious. Yeah, they said subconscious, <laughs> and I think the phrase is subconscious. It would be subconscious. Sub. Subconscious. Yeah. 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 You're conscious, or you're unconscious, or, or you're it's, it's your, your subconscious. subconscious. I don't think it's subconscious. Maybe the actor just got it wrong. I don't know if it's the actor or if it's just the su- the oh, subtitles. Oh, phrase. Oh, it could have been the subtitles. Because I was I re- I watched this with subtitles. Right, I watch right, everything right. with subtitles if I have the option. Um, and and the subtitles said subconscious, and it really really <laughs> bugged me. I was like, I'm pretty sure that's not the phrase. Yeah. Unless I'm wrong, and then, unless subconscious is also a thing. Mm. Something about kind of the voice inside you that tells you right or wrong that's kind of underneath. Um. I need to research for it to do this, and I don't particularly want to. Do no, that no, no. We're not going into the definitions a, of subtext and, and all yeah, that. Yeah, that's kind a of that's a Freud no. rabbit hole that nobody needs. Uh, but I guess, like uh, you know, doing a bit of quick calculator at maths, uh, it would actually equate to a standard kind of movie, like a little over ninety minutes. Yeah, um, the entire season. But I, I do think that, like, while probably the episode, the second episode I gave you is slightly less episodic, um, most of them are. Most mm. of them do have that kind of through line yeah. uh, that's resolved by the end of the episode. They don't normally end on a cliffhanger or anything like that. It's not always about ending on a cliffhanger. It's just about having one thing that ties the episodes through and unites it. Oh, yeah. yeah, um, yeah. And in that case, it was the P thing. In the fourth one, I don't think that was really there. It was more like a sequence of yeah, it, it, unrelated it's, vignettes. It's, it's through line continues into the next episode, yeah. um, which is when she goes out on a date and he goes on a second date with Josh and you see the reflection between the two and them pushing each other beyond their two boundaries. Um, and so it is, it is quite interesting, actually, because I guess, like, in, in that case, I gave you one episode that 
kind of did get most of the things that you would kind of feel at a more fuller mm. episode or a longer mm. uh, episode and another one where it kind of needed the extra push of the next episode to yeah. kind of finish wrapping up those plot points for both characters. Yeah. Um, and so it is very interesting to kind of look at this different duration whole aspect because there are definitely episodes of a standard, you know, 42-minute length that I'm just like, okay, yeah. I mean... Need we discuss Game of Thrones once more? Oh, that did not need to keep getting longer. Ladies and gentlemen, um, most of you are new to our podcast, um, <laughs> and I know that our the ability to find previous episodes of our podcast are currently is currently a little bit sketchy. It's possible, um, maybe possible. Go on SoundCloud if you want. Yeah. SoundCloud <laughs> if you want them really. Um, but there's a there's an episode about Game of Thrones. Um, and we realized that we just, well, it wasn't a realization for It wasn't you. a realization. It was a realization I, for me that I was like, oh, yeah, don't actually like this show. I was already aware that I hated the guts out of that show. Um, but we just kept watching it. But, it, yeah, I mean, there's more discussion about it. But as if you ever wanted to hear me really rant about a show, there's that and there's Spider-Man Unlimited. Oh, that hurts. Those, are the, those are the two where I probably... <laughs> Um, really rip it a new one. Got the angriest over. Maybe Spartacus. No, Commander-in-Chief, you got the angriest <gasps> Ooh, over. Commander-in-Chief. Oh, I'm sorry. How could I forget? Oh, oh I can never forget that. That was a part of my childhood that is now so tainted. I'm so sorry, but I could not let that pass. That was... Yeah, no, but it's good. Oh, You're, it's so it's just, it's It just fills like... me with ire just thinking about it. And the thing is, uh, that kind of representation of, you know, male-female dynamics uh, on television even that's not that old um is something that i experienced with a british television show that someone recommended to me the other just the other night and i gave it a watch because actually this thing went on for five to seven seasons was a big thing in british television peep show and i'm um, like and the two central uh comedians you would have recognized them from qi and other things like that like quite big in the circuit can't remember the names at all but then i was just like so disgusted by the first episode that while it is fun that every single shot is actually from the perspective of someone's eyes whether it be just a kid on the street or the people who are talking to each other and so it's very obvious to a filmmaker um, that these are actually, you know, kind of fisheye lens shots most of the time, uh, you know, looking, it's, you know, up and down with the head angles and movements. But it was just all about trying to get with some chick and treating her like an object between as a challenge between her two housemates. And that was the first episode. Mm-hmm. And it was really uncomfortable for me to be like, you know, I was like, OK, so this was made in the 90s. Mm. Still not enjoyable yeah not can't give it a pass um yeah but i guess you having uh less episode content to talk about would mean you have less to talk about in this episode yeah just generally that i just i should have done the maths better sorry but i guess we didn't really do the maths last time when we did uh what was it from a very long time ago if you really want to try and find on soundcloud uh twin peaks oh yeah with the um pilot don't listen to those early episodes. <laughs> I honestly can't endorse them. Like, not only did we used to do, we used to do, like, most of the episode was a really long, like, scene recap. by scene recap. Yeah. Um, and, and that took so long and was really fucking boring. Um, but also we weren't that good at, like, arguing about things yet. Like, and I still talked over her a little bit more than I do oh, now. you did. Oh, boy. Was still do it, but I try harder. That's okay. We, we both do it a little bit. <laughs> With balance. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I, I guess I should talk about why I like the show. Yeah, let's get into that because I don't I don't really have much else to say. Yeah, yeah. I guess that, uh, for me, the, the main reason why I like the show is the main reason why 
at the defense of the uh, lead creator of the show is he's happy about the exposure that this is getting in terms of just, even though it might not be up everyone's alley. Like if, if you ever saw the trailers for this on Netflix when it was coming out, the trailers were very much not just a collection of snippets and funny bits to put together. It was her in the middle of her pink room in with a, you know, a, uh, what do you call those uh, things with tassels that you whip people with? I don't know why I'm asking you for this information. Is it like a cat of nine tails? Yes, the cat of nine tails. Thank you. <laughs> um, holding. I don't uh, want to know why I know that. <laughs> uh, holding a cat of nine tails um, or a um, uh, horse thing that you're not allowed to use anymore in horse a whip? racing. Yeah, yeah. Is that what they're called? Oh, a. Um... A riding whip, maybe. Because, like, you know, I'm thinking Catwoman whip. Crop. A crop. Oh, gosh. Why do you know that? I used to read a lot of Saddle Club. Oh, yeah, actually, that makes a lot more sense. We <laughs> <laughs> don't need to unpack that one. Um, yeah, and um, it's, you know, she's just like, if you're not comfortable with this happening on the screen right now, turn away. You're not going to like watching this show. I actually, I did see the preview. You would have seen the preview. It previews. popped up when, yeah. I was, um, when I was looking at the show. They were pushing this up quite a little bit before it came out, which is kind of nice for such a short, short show that doesn't have a lot of big names attached to it mm. or anything like that. But I just enjoy the fact that it's so um, fun about something that's considered quite dark, yeah. Um, such as you know, dominatrix or um, you know, sex acts and that sort of thing. In terms of these are jobs that people have, and these are kinks that people have, mm. um, and they're still members of society. So why shouldn't they be represented in some manner as well? Yeah, yeah. I have fun with it, and I also took inspiration from it for a few things in my life. Like the next date they go on. Do, I, no, no, no. do I need to know this? Yes, it's it's completely uh, uh, like safe for work. Yeah, it's 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 not NSFW at all. It is like you know he takes him out to a burlesque show, um, and you know you have de- certain um, reflections that he sees in terms of BDSM work, which you would see on someone upstage doing a comedic performance. Um, and you know then I actually took someone out on a date because they you know, knew about burlesque and we saw a burlesque show and I tried to make it a fun, cute moment between the two of us. And then it ended up being very awkward and I'm not sure if it was a date. And then there was a unfortunate kiss out the front of a cold uh, kebab shop at 3am that was not really well reciprocated. Were the well kebabs cold? Was the shop cold or was the night cold? The night was cold. The kebabs had gotten cold <laughs> and the kiss, let's just say there was a cold response. Oof. That's a real shame. Yeah, it was not a good date. Uh, uh, the burlesque was great. <laughs> After that, kind of went downhill. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, I think I want one eye on this. Yeah, okay. Do you think mostly because of Ali or because with how long they were, they didn't necessarily feel as full? What was that first thing you said? Alley, like it's not up your alley. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. I'm like, just abbreviating more things now. There were no characters named Alley in this show. Um, <laughs> There's Alison. No, I, I didn't think it's, her. I think it's mostly because it's not up my alley. It's mm. just... Because um, you did get, like, some of the good writing points. Yeah, or... it's just that I don't really care about sex. Yeah, 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 no, it's it's not a big part of your life. It's not a big part of my life, and I don't... And, and and because I know that part of the concept of BDSM and particularly in this show is that it's not all sexual, but I'm also not really interested in, like, breaking down my barriers about that. Yeah. Like, it's not high on my priority list. You're like, other people have their things. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, <laughs> you, you don't need to talk about it to me. You do you. Um, and I'm happy for you to talk about it with people who are comfortable. I'm also, like, I'm also happy for you to talk about it, but I'm not going to initiate that discussion because it's not something that I'm interested in. Yeah. You don't want the details, but you don't mind hearing some. Yeah. Like if you're going to, if you really feel like you need to talk about it, then go for your life. But 
it's certainly not something that I would seek out. Yeah. Um, and that's the primary focus. Yeah. Um, I think there's, there's that there's, and then just in general, the fact that I didn't, I think if I'd been able to really grab onto the characters and really like them and fall in love with them, mm. I probably could, would give it a two, but yeah, I, if it, whether it's, we didn't see enough of them or, um, I, I think maybe, because I'm probably more inclined to grab onto, um, oh my God, what's her name? The Long main. Fish. Tiff. Sorry. Tiff. Okay. I think Tiff is probably the character I'm more likely to relate to. Oh, yeah, to. the snarky, powerful kind of like the snarky, very powerful bitch. Woman. Yeah. 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 Like, <laughs> but, but, um, but then we don't see that much of her personality. Um, like, I loved the stuff with the, not because it's good, but the stuff with the professor was far more intriguing to me. Yeah, and how quickly she would act upon it. Exactly, than any of the other plot points. Um, And if that were like, if we were seeing her in that element more frequently, then I'd be more interested. I guess you kind of see her in that element one time per episode. Yeah, Yeah. and and that's not the focus. And that's okay, it's not meant to be the focus, but that element of her personality is far more interesting to me. Somebody who really stands up for what she believes in and and is, you know, yeah, reactive to that. Um, circumstance straight away was to protect Kate, the other student, even though she doesn't like Kate. Oh, yeah. In the previous episode, um, while Jake gives a kind of very heartwarming, albeit very um, explicit um, reason behind, you know, why he wants to be a psychologist, um, she thinks that her losing her goldfish equates to the kind of loss he had with his father. Um, You know, she's not the kind of individual that's meant to be liked, but it doesn't mean they shouldn't be defended. Exactly. Exactly. And that's what I think I really like about Tiff. but yeah, that's not her main focus in the yeah. show, and so therefore there just wasn't really much for me to grab onto. And then the the sketchy consent politics really kind of pushed me off a little mm, bit, mm. a little bit of her as well. So that's I think why I'm at a one. Um, again, just like if somebody were happening to be talking about their sex life in front of me, that's fine. If this were on in front of me, that's fine. <laughs> I'd watch it, but I'm I'm probably not going to go back to it because. Just doesn't speak to me. Yeah, it is interesting that obviously, like, you know, we have different tastes, we respect different levels of writing, but the fact that the main focus of the show is the thing that I'm interested in. Yeah. uh, And it getting more representation means obviously I would be very into it. Exactly. Um, Whereas it's something that you're not very interested in. Yeah. So you wouldn't. Whereas the B plot line, which, you know, there is a through line with her character and her psychology degree Mm. and right up to the very end of the episode in uh, the series. And that's not the main reason why you would be watching the show. So why would you really go watching the show? Exactly. Whereas I've had that experience with a couple of other shows in the past, whereas I'm kind of hanging out to see, you know, the bisexual alien. Um. Well, if if the show is also, like, entertaining enough on its own, there's a lot of things happening and it's, like, kind of, you know, you could you can find a bit of interest in lots of different things. That's kind of a different story. Yeah, and there's more time given to those things. Like, you're not just watching Roswell for the bisexual alien. No, no, I'm still enjoying other parts of it, but it's the main thing that I'm yeah, interested in. Yeah, whereas the main thing on this show kind of is something that I'm not only not interested in, but kind of like actively not interested in. And you don't give it as much of a chance in, I guess, this kind of length in terms of getting more side of the supporting characters, because you might only get more from them one or two episodes out of the entire season yeah. for such a short amount of time. Exactly. I know I'm not going to get any like huge amount of development from Doug. Doug, who's sweet. <laughs> what or, a name. Or, or Daphne or, you know, any of those kinds of things, because they're even less the, the main point of the show. So yeah. it's just, you know, it's not a, it's not a bad show. I really respect it. Um, no, and, it's, I, and it's I, not badly written. It's just 
not your cup of tea. Not for me, yeah. Yeah. Um, I get frustrated when we come to that conclusion, um, but it's very legitimate. It's not like it, it's not a worthwhile It's like um, the result. least interesting of our episodes when we come to that, like, no, it's just, fine. I just don't like it. Kind of thing. Yeah, you know, yeah. um, I'm sure this is not the most engaging episode for our listeners to listen to. But I do definitely think if you, uh, you know, uh, don't mind or even maybe a little bit interested into, you know, that whole world of, mm. you know, uh, more kinky, uh, sexual or dominatrix and that sort of thing. Like, I just don't like that how much of sex is a, a shameful thing or a taboo thing to talk mm. about. Like, granted, I did grow up in a Christian household where that's definitely not a conversation that is ever talked about. Um, but, you know, I was even uh, talking to Jane yesterday about just the concept of shame and, you know, when are we taught shame about certain things that are okay to talk about or certain things that make other people feel comfortable yeah. uh, or uncomfortable more of the time, I suppose. And I just like it when more of the conversation happens about um, things that should be fine to talk about. And it is better if we do talk about them openly mm. and ends for more safety in terms of people and their own like vices and interests mm. and just people all around being more educated about different ways of life or trying things that they didn't think originally they would be into. Mm. Again, I like that in theory, but I'm a very repressed human being. <laughs> so I'm all like, don't overshare, never overshare. <laughs> Whereas I accidentally knows, overshare to nobody strangers. Nobody cares. Nobody wants to hear about anything to do with your life. It's definitely not the experience that I've had. But maybe I talk too much. You definitely talk too much, sweetheart. I love you. <laughs> and I love you for it most of the time. But you definitely talk too much and overshare way too much. Yeah, sometimes it's easier oversharing with strangers than you, though. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, because yeah. I will judge you. <laughs> And you'll you'll bring it back. You'll, yeah. you'll be like, hey, Kurt, remember when you told me this? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's definitely not something you should be doing. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. Uh, so what's been in your eye this week, Kurt? Uh, this week has been Jane the Virgin, the final season. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I finished it off. Uh, I didn't like the cliffhanger at the end of season four. Like, as most people know who are aware of Jane the Virgin, it is a satire of a telenovela about a telenovela. And so it does have these elements of big giant cliffhangers or evil twins or, you know, a villain with a hook and an eye patch and ends up getting a peg leg by the end of it. Um, is, is, is like a kind of ridiculous show that's going to have these cliffhangers, but then treat the approach them in a very honest, realistic and family directed approach mm-hmm. to a ridiculous situation like a baby being kidnapped. But it was fun. I thought it went on for a season longer than it needed to, unfortunately. But that did mean the supporting characters got to explore some really interesting subplots. Mm. And the representation of that show and the fact that the central plot line is three Latina, strong, independent women is kind of amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And the fact that the show is so bilingual Mm -hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't even realize that uh, actually um, uh, Rita, who plays uh, the grandmother in One Day at a Time, is uh, Rogelio's mother, who you Aww. see in, uh, you know, maybe one or two episodes a season. And she came back in for the last episode and I was like, oh, it's Anita, um, you know, and yeah. you know, like this is this is the Anita, you know, this is yeah. the person. And so it's it, for those of you who don't know, she plays um, Anita in uh, West Side Story. But it's it's kind of it was just really touching and nice. And they did all the things for the characters that were really good. And I, I really enjoyed Petra's through line actually throughout the entire thing. I thought mm. Petra had one of the best through lines mm. and development throughout the entire series. I have heard that. Yes. Mm. Great. What's been in your eye this week, Jane? In my eye this week is it chapters one and two. Oh, really? I've yes. been wanting to watch this for a little while. What, yes. what made you go over to it? Um, well, yesterday we were supposed to record and we didn't. Yes. 
um, and I was lying in bed and I have no idea what made me think that I wanted to watch it, but I decided to find it online and stream it. Constant weekly planet comments? Possibly. Because, like, they're, they're the only people other than my brother in my life that I know have constantly talked about it to me. I think I, I think it's popped up on my Tumblr feed a little bit. Yeah. I've heard um, good things. Oh, actually, I remember what happened. It was, um... Uh, it was a Mary Sue article. Ah. That made me think, that made me decide to watch it. In terms of chapter two? It was about chapter two, but it made me interested in what was going to happen in kind of what might have happened in chapter one. Well, yeah, especially because uh, chapters one and two are the same characters, but different years apart, right? Correct. That's right. Um, So I watched chapter one and I quite enjoyed it. I thought it was, um, it's a little bit long, um, but quite. It's one of the Skarsgård brothers, isn't it? Uh, Yes, plays plays the clown. Mm -hmm. Um, Bill? Yeah, Bill, as opposed to Eric. Sure. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Alexander, isn't, isn't Alexander his name? Yeah, yeah, so that's what I was saying. Did I just say Alex? You said Eric. Oh, definitely wrong. Oh, does he play Eric on True Blood? Uh-uh. I don't know. I How would I know? <laughs> you watch if, some vampire shows. If you ever make me watch True Blood, I'm... I'm not going to make you watch True Thank Blood. God. I definitely did not finish that show. Oh, my God. Ryan Quanton wasn't enough for me. <clears throat> I know. I, I, that's one of the reasons I started watching as well. I'm like, Ryan Quanton! We like Ryan Quentin. Vinny, my love. <laughs> Everyone loved Vinny. Um, anyway. And then afterwards, so there's, there's a bit of a saga involved in this. So I watched it chapter one and I was like, I quite enjoyed that. Mm. I'm, I really want to watch chapter two. I'm okay. going to go to the movies and watch chapter two. Did you? I did. Oh. The saga was basically, I decided I wanted to do that. I found a showing at 2.30, which was going to work for me timing wise. Mm-hmm. Um that it was in Broadmeadows, which was fine. I have a car. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. A little bit far, but, you know, not too not too it's bad. It's not even that far on a train. I'm sure it's fine on a train, but I'm on the, not on the right line. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I went to leave. I got in my car. I went to leave a little bit early, as is my yes. general way of being. And my car wouldn't start. Oh, dear. Yeah. And I tried to fix it, and I couldn't. Um, and so then I was like, okay. Okay, um, do I waste the $12.50 I spent in this movie ticket and not go? Because, of course, you would have bought online previously. Of course. Um, or do I spend more money and catch an Uber there? Because by that point, I had to catch an Uber. I was going to be late. You couldn't do public transport at all. I couldn't do public transport. Um, and it was too far on my bike as well. So I decided to get an Uber, and I got there, like, just as the movie was beginning, which was good. Um, the only time I've ever been grateful for 20 minutes of previews. <laughs> Um, and what I didn't realize is that I was, of course, going to a horror movie at 2.30 on a Saturday afternoon. You know who else goes to a horror movie at 2.30 on a Saturday afternoon? Kids. Teenagers. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they were under my umbrella of kids, but yeah, sure. They were not, like... Loud teenagers. They were very loud and annoying. Rambunctious, horny teenagers. So so rambunctious and so annoying. Like, it's actually better if you get the ones on dates because they're often not talking to each other. At least they would have been making out and just being (laughs) quiet. quiet. Yeah, no, these guys were so loud. Yeah, if you get a group of uh, generally, like... Same sex uh, friends, uh, you know, they're going to be a lot louder. There lots of fucking annoying boys. Yeah. That's what I'm here to tell you. Um, so, yeah, I definitely got stuck um, in a cinema as the only, like, 20-year-old um, <laughs> alone at a cinema watching a horror movie. I was like, oh, I should have predicted this. Anyway. <laughs> did you did you enjoy chapter two? Um, Not nearly as much as I enjoyed really? chapter one. Chapter one's way better. Like the chemistry between the children is really strong. Um, Not so 
much. The acting is is the acting Fine. didn't bother me. Um, I did think that they leaned a little bit too far into the humor in chapter two. Oh, there's humor. Yeah, huh. I mean Bill Hader's in it. Yeah, and Bill Hader made a lot of jokes. Right. Um, I guess I I uh, beyond um James McAvoy, I didn't really know who else was in it. Yeah. Um, most of the other actors I don't really know. Jessica Chastain. Yeah, I was going to say uh, apart from the redhead Jessica Chastain. Yeah, Jessica Chastain. I was just like, what's her surname? Bill Hader, who's a comedian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, SNL. Yeah. Yeah, so it was it was okay. It undid I really good things in the reviews. I think the problem I have with it is that it by nature of the story requirements undoes a lot of the character development you have in the first uh, it. Yeah. Um because they've got to face their fears again. Yeah. And it's like but you did that already. But you did that. And I but you also of, did it, like, what, 20 years ago? Yeah, but I guess I wanted to see, and this is, like, I'm trying not to give too many spoilers yeah, yeah, in Chapter yeah, 2, yeah. but if you don't want to be spoiled, maybe skip ahead a little bit. Um, I guess I wanted to see the way that their fears would have changed Yeah. now that they're adults. Yeah, they shouldn't have the same fears that they had when they were younger. Yeah, I feel like, you know, it should have been more manifestations of, you know, adult anxiety. Yeah, like, like what's, what do we worry about as adults? Because we have a whole other set of fears that are completely rational as opposed to spiders and what's under the bed. Exactly. Um, and I get that that's not what happened in the novel. So right, right. The, the, you know, the movie itself is constrained by you know, certain things that happen in the novel. Being not that true they, to the book. Not that they were, you know, completely 100% true to the book. Yeah. They were in many ways. Um, so There's a certain um, responsibility when it's a Stephen King story, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, there was also some weird cultural appropriation insensitivity Ugh. around Native Americans, which uh, I didn't necessarily appreciate, which wasn't in the book, so I find it weird that they did it. Yeah. Um, I found that. I read an article this morning about what was different. Anyway, I mostly enjoyed it. It was fine. I then decided to walk home from Broadmeadows. And what time was it at this point? Uh, about 5.30. So it wouldn't have been dark. No, not yet. You know how long it Whoa, takes walk to walk home, home from Broadmeadows? Why did you do that? <laughs> Sorry. I, I just realised where Jane is, which I'm not telling you. Uh, and it's a considerable distance from that suburb in Melbourne. Correct. Um, I've done that walk before. Yeah. But I lived even a little bit closer than you did. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> Um, you, you should not have done that walk. Did you just want to pay another Uber home? Obviously, a little bit got, of the public transport is pretty easy. Yeah, it it was a little bit of I didn't want to pay another Uber home. Um, I felt the need to get some exercise. Oh, okay, yeah, because um, the bus ride from there to the line is pretty good. Well, I didn't want to have to figure out a bus. That's what the phone apps for, Jane. But I didn't have any money on my MyKey, so I would have to go to the train station oh, okay. to put and then money on my MyKey. And, then... and then, so I did consider getting on the train to go down a little bit, and then I would oh, walk yeah. across. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's not the right train line to actually get me home. But if I took it down to like, so how many hours did you walk? Two and a half. Oh yeah, nice. Yeah, so I got home by eight o'clock, and it wasn't uh, too sunny. Wait, you didn't get rained on, did you? No, it was. It stopped raining. By I got that point. dropped on a couple times, oh, okay. but nice. not major rain. And I was listening to an e-book. It was nice. It was nice. fine, nice. but it was a long walk. <laughs> <laughs> it was a long walk. It's the kind of thing Kurt did a lot back then in the earlier days of recording the podcast. Yeah, but I mean, I made the choice to do it. You, oh yeah, you used to I, do I things just... by silliness and, and like uh, no more being no trains left. Yeah, or like I don't want to pay an Uber to go to the airport. You gotta, you gotta pay an Uber to go. You can't walk to the airport Kurt. <laughs> from three a.m. to make your six thirty flight. Anyway, anyway, so it chapter one and two. Chapter one, great. Chapter two. Not bad. And it's a complete story in itself. You wouldn't need to see Chapter 2 to finish Chapter 1, would you? Um... You might have a different opinion of the second one than you did, or you just thought the first one was just tighter overall? 
definitely just tighter overall and, mm. and just and the, the idea of the clown as a manifestation for teen anxiety is kind of better than the idea of them as, as an adult. Like the, yeah. the, it's the not second movie terrifying. was not really scary. Yeah. I think it verged on like, just kind of silly. Yeah. And all of the like suspense of the first one is kind of gone because like right from the first instant of the movie, this isn't a spoiler because it happens in the first five minutes of the movie. You just see Pennywise the clown just literally biting and eating somebody. And it's not like in the first movie where you. Oh, you don't see it for a little while. And, yeah, or, yeah. Or it's kind of like there's a lot of suspense leading up to it. It's like, there's no, you see the whole clown standing right there next to the river, pick up a body and eat it. Like, I guess bang, like, this uh, is what we're doing. In the book, I believe the two times are told uh, concurrently, aren't they? I'm not really sure what the structure of the novel is. I think in the book that it actually flicks back and forth between the two times. I'm not sure it does because... Oh, really? It might just be in two parts. Because there's a character who doesn't come back for the second half. Yeah. And I don't... Oh, yeah. I think that if if you're running the two concurrently, then that kind of ruins some of the the tension. Hmm. Um, but I guess that's probably about it for this week's episode. That is. That is that everything for this week's episode. If you'd like to uh, rate, review, and subscribe and tell us how awesome we are, that'd be swell. Please feel free to check us out on social media, on Facebook, on uh, Twitter, on Instagram especially, at Major Look Pod, where we've got our iChart Challenge that's released on Thursdays. Yeah, I'm thinking of not doing that anymore. But um, uh, thank you for <laughs> any... Wow, you just glossed right past that. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to continue. Uh, I Thank you for engaging with us at all. It'd be really nice to just hear from you if you're watching the show and listening to the show and enjoy that. I can never get that right. That's fine. You can also email email us at jacarandamedia at outlook.com. Uh, that email address is in our show notes. If you'd like to email us, we'd like to hear if you want to just give us a more long form kind of response to any of our episodes. Or please. suggestions. TV yes. shows that you would like to hear us talk about, please let us know because we're constantly on the search for, wait, have you seen this? Damn it. As you yes. heard in this episode already. And if we get enough listener writing in, like people who write in with suggestions of episodes that we haven't done before, then we can do a whole season of them and that'd be really cool. But mm. you guys would have to pick the episodes because we wouldn't know. So anyway, just a thought. Um, thank you for listening. That's it. Yeah. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Bye. Hi there. Hello. My name is Jane. My name is Kurt. And this is me too. I, I just, I just don't I'm want to sorry. be staring at Jesus for the entire recording of this podcast. <laughs> Can we please change your window? <laughs> yes, we may. Yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, was I get he... enough of that in the latest season of Preacher. Jeez. Did you feel that he was judging you? No, it's just, it's a version of him that I'm not normally equated to. Because he's blonde. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. Okay, let's try this again. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.